positives, I think. Um, and there's some people and organisations doing some great things on the positive story of agriculture, and we need to do more of it. G'day, welcome to the Farms Vice podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the farm's advice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Advice and let's get into this episode. Let's jump back into the Case H series and excitingly, we've got Aaron Bett in the studio today, the new general manager for Case H Australia and New Zealand bringing a wealth of skills from the CNH team across ready to paint the paddocks red and improve the way that we work. And this is really interesting sort of episode to dive in, so let's get into it. Welcome to the Farms Wise podcast, Aaron Bett. Great to have you in the virtual studio here on the Farms Wise podcast um, as the very new general manager for Australia and New Zealand, KSOH. Thank you, Jack, and good to be here. Absolutely. So we'll kick it off and let's find out a bit about you before we get down to some agribusiness. What's your connection to agriculture and how did you ultimately land this role? Um, connection to ag, I grew up on a farm. Um, I'm originally from Tamora, so not too far away from yourself. The family's still out there. Um, old man still does a bit of farming and both brothers work in agriculture. My sister works at the local Casa H dealership. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty strong connection back. And then I suppose how I ended up here, um, left school, went to uni, did accounting and worked out. I didn't want to be in an office um, for the rest of my life. Um, left that, went and drove combines and tractors and the like for a few years, worked in shearing sheds and then um, went back to uni and did a degree in agribusiness. Um, went to um, banking from there, so agribusiness banking, um, did that for 11 years almost and then ended up at CNH. So, yeah, a bit of a journey, but um, largely involved in agriculture the whole time. Beautiful. And you've landed into KSH's team as the general manager or looking after the team at least. How how's that role going in the transition? Is there much of a change there for you? Uh it's been a big change for myself. So I come from banking, um, and then for the past six years with CNH, um, I've been in financial services. So I was managing director for CNH Industrial Capital, which is the um, captive finance company for CNH. So I did that for a fair while and then I've come over to the industrial business now as um, I just said, general manager for KSIH, covering Australia and New Zealand. I think I'm seven weeks in, so um, head's still spinning a little bit. It's a big change from financial services over to selling machinery, but um, one that I'm enjoying so far and I had a bit of an idea of what I was getting myself into, but um, yeah, it's been good. So I guess, yeah, I'll look after both markets, Australia and New Zealand. Um, I guess our role, I suppose, is to understand what the market wants um, from our machinery. We then you know, order that from the factories, uh, bring it into the country, so shipping, logistics, um, and then sell it through to the dealer. Uh, we've got a large independent dealer network around the country. 
Um, and then that's that's probably the first part. And the second part is then providing the support for that machinery, so the parts and the service, uh, making sure customer expectations are met met there. Um, fair bit of travel, um, as I said. Dealers all located all around the country, um, so I've managed to get around to a fair few of them over the last six and a half years, which is good. Seen a lot of Australia that I probably would never have got a chance to see. So yeah, it's a it's a really good good industry and a good job. Welcome to the Farmers Club, the good side of everything. Um, what about New Zealand? You start over there a fair bit as well. It's pretty, obviously a bit smaller market. Yeah, it's a bit smaller market, but it's a it's an important market for us still. Um, it's it's got the similarities, I suppose, to the Australian market, but um, definitely its own unique market. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's an important market for us. We get over there a fair bit. We in the industrial business recently took back the distribution for the New Zealand market and we have around 20 independent dealers or 20 independent locations rather um, over in New Zealand. So yeah, it's a, it's a big market still. Smaller, but I'd imagine over there would be so much very intensive um, so hard wearing on the gear and the needing machinery to sort of work for them well, pretty well. Yeah, I think... Um, Still learning a fair bit about the market, but um, obviously dairy is a big contributor, not just to the ag sector over there, but even just to the New Zealand economy. Um, dairy is pretty important. Um, and dairy, pretty high turnover of machines. They do put a lot of hours on it. The dairy guys, they're using them um, fairly frequently. And then um, also in the horticulture sector, the kiwi fruit um, over there is another big one. So. Um, yeah, different market, as I said, a little bit smaller tractors uh, than what we're used to over here, but um, yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, beautiful. So talk to me, what's your daily routine as the general manager? Is that into Daily routine? There's, I could not say there's a daily routine yeah. um, other than sitting on Teams calls for uh, six hours of my day. That's probably a regular part of it, but um now it's very varied, I suppose, Jack. Um, if I'm working from the office, I tend to work from home uh, two days a week. I go into the office three days a week. Um, and then outside of that, there's a lot of travel involved. Um, so this week, for example, I was in the office, I think, Monday. Tuesday, I flew to South Australia, went to some training. So the, um, the team was doing... Uh, product training down in South Australia. Um, so I visited that, then visited a couple of dealers down in the southeast of the state as well. So it's it's very varied. Next week I'm in Perth. Um, the week after that, I don't don't even know where I am the week after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of calls. There's, as I said, there's a few facets of the business that you cover and um, it's making sure you're over top of all those various parts. Absolutely. So how many people come under the KSOH banner these days across Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, with all the various support functions, it's, it'd be over 100 um, that cover the KSOH brand here in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit what I said before with the um, you know, your field team that uh, manage the dealer relationships, uh, parts people, service people, um, product people, those that you know, design the product or, or configure the product for our, our market, um, product specialists that can do the training and the experts, um, backup people, parts, warehouse and distribution, um, 
marketing. Marketing is another really important part of what we do. Um, network development, finance, make sure the numbers all add up. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty big business here. And then you've got um, the dealer network as well. So there's over 100 dealership locations here in Australia. Um, so 120 all up, um, including New Zealand. And they've got a variety of roles as well, sales, um, HR, service techs is a big one for them, um, precision tech, um, admin staff, et cetera. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big, big industry. With the sort of new roles, technology sort of roles, like analysts and also data analysts of what it may be under the KSAH banner, the skills and shortages in labour, has that sort of impacted you as manufacturers and dealerships right across the spectrum? Um, yeah, no, we've, we've had a, I mean, ag's, ag's been a challenge um, for a while, but certainly the last few years that's got harder. Um, it's something we're working on, like, for example, um, the service techs in our dealerships, there's uh, other opportunities outside. Mining's been a, a challenge for us. Let's see that as an opportunity, but you do see them coming back when they realise the lifestyle's not quite um, what they would have hoped for. And then I think as the industry evolves too, there's a there's a different need coming into our dealerships as well with regard to um, you know the machines and that the the technology and the machines. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's probably the most exciting bit as well, these new roles. And they're also sort of transferring on farm as well, getting to be a bit tech savvy um, as such. And then looking for workers be more inclusive, supporting diversity in the workplace. What's your experience been with CNA team? Yeah, um, look, it's something we're working on. We're, um, we do have some work to do there, but we've made some really good strides, I think, in the last few years. And it's not just us here locally, globally as an organisation. Um, we've got a lot of focus on diversity diversity and also sustainability. Um, but to, from a diversity perspective, um, you know, we joined the NFF um, diversity and ag program last year. Um, so that's something we're um, looking to get involved in more. Um, we've done a few things, it's a great place to work, certified and um, also a member of the Diversity Council of Australia. But uh, as I said, we've got a, um, some improvement to do in it, but I think we've come a long way. And um, yeah, I think the, yeah, the demographics of um, what we have in certainly in the office here in Sydney is quite diverse. Um, you know, not just um, from a gender perspective, but also um, ethnicity. Um, yeah, we've got a very we're based in Western Sydney here, so it's a very diverse workforce um, to pull from, and um, yeah, it's reflected in the organisation. We have a few like domestic challenges or recruiting. We're only we're limited to the amount of people that in Australia currently, and there's plenty more coming over. They increased that. I think it was 400,000 or something for this year, and it was 200 last year, capped sort of stuff. What are you sort of doing to address these challenges if you're needing to recruit, or what What can other sort of businesses do to enhance their recruitment process or even retention? Uh, yeah, probably two things with retention or recruitment. I think. Um... For me, the first, it needs to start at the business level and they need to make an attractive place for someone to want want to work as well sometimes. Um, uh, yeah. 
it's it's sometimes a tough game, right, in agriculture and where you're working and you know working in a shed, pulling a spanner on a tractor. You need to try and make it as comfortable and as welcoming as possible. Um, as I said, not always easy, but I think that's probably where it first starts, and then um, even the education piece on the agricultural industry itself. Um, it's not just farming. Uh, it is, you know, all these support services such as ours, um, that there is good opportunity, good career paths. And, and that's probably another point actually is explaining that career path, that there is opportunity within the industry to um, to, to get to where you might want to be. Like I, I had no idea when I was growing up that, you know, I could be general manager for KSIH or head of, CNH Industrial Capital, as, as I said, I went in to do accounting and then knew that wasn't for me um, and ended up um, finding something you really love. So, yes, yeah, providing career paths as well, I think. So. Definitely not. In agriculture, it's not necessarily a straight line. You zag, zag out. But I think especially for this sort of sector of the industry, I think these harvest periods, these peak periods, planning time, if like an outside a new entrant coming from the city, like a family farm or friends have a farm. If they came and did harvest season or something, and then later on in life they're looking for career opportunities and they, they sort of look back and remember that opportunity, that time that they were out on farm. And I think that is a great sort of inlet to see behind the scenes how it all runs and hopefully join the industry later on. Yeah, absolutely. Um I was at the NFF diversity in a graduation um, breakfast, I think it was, last year, and they had some young students come through who are um, city-based, and they went out and done something similar. They went out and done um, time on a farm, and there was a young lady that spoke there that exactly what you're talking about, went out there, absolutely loved it, and um, we had our own example here where a young lady from Western Sydney um, didn't know why, but she just wanted to get involved in agriculture and she went out and found a job at our K-Line um, manufacturing facility at Cowra. So yeah, once people get a taste of it, um, it's, it's a good starting point. Yeah, they, they, they seem to only need a sniff um, and then they're keen to get into it. I think the huge barrier is they just need one thing into the industry. Um, otherwise, like you, just, you don't know what you don't know until you get in there and have a crack and see what it's all about, I think, and especially as younger people coming into the industry, it's all more important. Yeah, I don't know whether there's a fear too of the industry. It's a little bit of an unknown to a lot of people. Um, yeah, talk about Sydney or, or the metropolitan areas, what they hear is probably completely different to reality. I think a lot of the time what they hear here is about drought or you know the negatives on the agricultural side of things, not the, the positives, so I think. Um, and there's some people and organisations doing some great things on the positive story of agriculture and we need to do more of it. Yeah, I always think the media portrays it as farmers earn way too much money or then there's a crowd and we're not earning enough and we're looking for a handout. And I think creating that consistency, which is what I hope to do with the podcast and hopefully those that the 10%, those that love it, um, can come back around later on in life doesn't really need to be straight away but have it there as an option to come in and with these new roles new tech coming in and how you need to be able to use the equipment really as well i think it's pretty exciting to see yeah and for the industry 
what's the best way to get young people in? Have you to attract young people in through your graduate program or even people through the dealerships? Is that strategy that you're looking to get more or you're uh, yeah, both both sides of the fence um, here within CNH or KSH um, and also within our dealerships, all, always having to look at different ways, especially at the moment with the unemployment rate where it is, it's you know, it's getting harder and harder to find people and it was harder already. So um, I guess at our level, we do look at the graduate side of things. Uh, we we um, have an affiliation or a sponsorship with the Sydney Royal List, the show. Um, so we had our machinery in there and we had our HR team um, there for some of the days as well just to to give some insights into what um, a career in agriculture might look like. Um, so, yeah, it's something we focus on. And then at a dealership level, it's another challenge for them. And um, techs are probably the biggest issue, uh, biggest challenge um, for a lot of our dealers. And you know, some of our dealers are doing some really good stuff there and getting to... Um, the school children and educating them around um, and again providing them a career path as well and letting them understand what a service tech can mean and service tech and then there's um, you know you can go up service manager type thing um, so they're getting them a little bit younger getting to the schools and trying to educate them um, so a few dealers doing good things there I did want to give a little plug to probably to the um, Hermanale Primary School. Um, we've we've recently started a, a small sponsorship with those guys and things like that, where they're educating you know young children from you know not necessarily paddock to plate, but you know growing the grain all the way through to milling the grain and um, seeing the grain off to um, off to port as well. So it is it's it's really about um, education at that that young age. Yeah, it's really about nurturing that one. Was a bit of a paddock to flower. Pack. Yeah, it, it was actually a really cool story how it all sort of come about, and I think well, they have 140 acres or something just next door. Uh, 80, 80 hectares, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, those little projects go a long way into helping with those. But the new roles coming on board, including with the equipment, how much are careers in ag sort of changing for you at SAH now, um, and where do you sort of see them going in the future? Um, yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, we've had precision tech on in our machines for 30 years in advance, AFS, advanced farming system in our combines for 30 years. So it's been around for a while and it's it's evolving, but it's getting a little bit exponential at the moment. And a lot of our acquisitions have certainly been focused around that tech. So you will we have been seeing a change in a building of that team within CNH and also looking at um, where the trends are heading and what um, what our acquisitions might be, I suppose. Um, and you know, that's pretty clear in regards to the direction of, you know, horsepower is horsepower now and, um, you know, we'll probably go a little bit bigger, but um, a lot of the focus is definitely on the tech that we can provide so that's requiring a different skill set internally. Um, and then also for dealers, they need to be really equipped, um, not just the tech, but e even the alternative fuels that um, may come through a center point. We'll have electric tractors um, not too far away. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a different skill set um, that we're gonna need to attract different people to the industry. Um, that's for sure, um, yeah. Can you say how far away electric tractors are? 
Um, I think we'll have them in market within another year or two, I'd say, Jack, with uh, Monarch Tractors is something we have a, a share in and, um, yeah, it's obviously going to start with smallest, smaller mine, um, but, yeah, there's there's certainly demand from them. The sustainability piece is a big, big one and um, yeah, you talk viticulture and the like is probably where the small ones slot into first up. Um, so it fits in with the sustainability piece for a lot of the wineries. Um, so, yeah, probably a year or two, I think. Um, there might be one going into New Zealand pretty shortly that um, – I might have sent on LinkedIn the other day. So, yeah, it's not far away at all. But yeah. as I said, it's a smaller one and it's a smaller segment. How how we address the top end of the horsepower segment, I'm not sure. Yeah, it yeah, it definitely sounds like it'd be well suited to viticulture, the sort of horticulture where they're going up, say, more than once per day or whatever, or yeah, within the horticulture sector anyway. Uh, yeah. Looking to the future... Where do you see Casa H sort of making their stamp in the five, ten years? What's what's exciting you um firstly to sort of take the role and also as the company, what are you excited about the next ten years? Um, well, taking the job probably wasn't too hard a decision. i um you mentioned the um old man's a farmer, but we've had Case H on our property for 45 years. So yeah, to lead the organization was a thrill in itself. But um, the direction of um, Case H is pretty strong. I think the CEO of um, CMH, Scott Wines, set a very good agenda in regard to where the company's heading and um, some of the acquisitions, such as Raven, um, over the past couple of years. Um, I think we're heading in the right direction in that respect. Um, we've got really good products. Um, already um, with our high horsepower especially and then the technology uh, coming through from these acquisitions is something to be excited about. I think Raven's a great acquisition and, and also some of the other ones um, or venture that we've done recently as well. Absolutely and with the current sort of season that we're in we're going into planning season has it sort of revved up a bit for you even though you're only seven weeks into the gig? It's been pretty big. Uh, yeah, yes, no, I mean, the, the timing was was pretty good coming in at planning time. Um, so far, it sounds okay. Um, the machine performance hasn't been too bad this year so far. Um, supply remains an issue for us, um, but that's that's not uh, not isolated the case of H. I think all the manufacturers are having issues still with supply, and that's probably been more of a focus than the planning as such. I think the tractors that are here are gone out and um, we'll continue to focus on making sure that we've got them coming down the line and probably more focused to be fair has been on making sure we get combines here on time. Um, so yeah, the, the supply chain's really been a bit of a challenge moving into it in the first six, seven weeks, but um, yeah, we're doing doing what we can there to make sure we get customers their product. Beautiful. And we expect to see you ag quit this year. We make the venture over there. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was there last year, um, and definitely be there this year. And we're planning meeting on that this morning, so full steam ahead for AgQuip. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds good, and another cracking year in 2023. Hopefully, if you're listening and you're out there planting at the moment, keep cracking on. And if you're not, hopefully, you get a drop of rain. Like we, we're looking for a good drop of rain where we are in Central West. Year, so, but neighbours, they're probably doing a bit better. 
you cropping or sheep? Mixed farming, yeah, sheep predominantly. Then we've got crops on the side. So yeah. covering it all and looking for some rain, like a few other blokes around the place. Are you finished planning? Uh, we've got a couple of paddocks in. We've got a fair bit to go. Just finished prepping the last paddocks. But hopefully we'll we'll have to change our variety to um pomegranate. Yeah. For the late later season anyway. But um, Aaron, for this episode, what would be one piece of farms advice you'd like to take away from this episode? Um, about maybe even joining the team. You're looking to employ people over there at KSH. Uh, well, we're always looking for people, uh, but certainly if the skill set's right, then we'd happily take a look at someone. I, I assume you're not looking for a job, Jack, yourself. But um, yeah, in regard to advice, I think we touched on it. Um, just to continue to champion the industry um, and really love what we do. Um, I know I do, and we should be proud of it. And you know, we, we help feed the world and. Um, get those positive stories out there um, of what farming and agriculture actually is all about. Beautiful. And for anyone out there looking to get in touch with Queso Hedge, the Australian New Zealand team, what's the best way to do that? Uh, I won't give my mobile number out, but um, certainly there's a website, uh, Queso Hedge website, probably the best um, point of contact, Queso Hedge um, Australia and also for New Zealand. Beautiful. I'll have that in the show notes. So anyone looking to become a part of KSH or look into their products and services, do so via that link. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast, sharing your piece of farm advice. Go a long way. No worries. Thanks very much for your time, Jack, and I hope uh, you get that bit of rain. This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday.